The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on facts. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Pressure. It is 11 p.m. a Saturday night in January 1933. Sheriff Russ Morton drives his car to the end of the well-lighted main street of Lingwood, Texas, and turns onto a narrow wooden bridge that crosses the railroad yards and leads to the Negro quarter of town on the far side of the tracks. In the car with the sheriff is his deputy, Sam Billings. Both men are uneasy. Doesn't look like there's much doing across the tracks, Sam. I don't get it, Sheriff. I was over here less than an hour ago. The cafes was packed so thick you couldn't stir them with a stick. Well. Who sent out to call for us? Pedro at the Cantina Cafe. I didn't get half of what he said. He sounded scared to death. Just kept yelling to come get old Lucifer out of his place. Hmm. Old Lucifer? Yeah. Can't imagine him stirring up no trouble. Oh, no, neither can I. But, Sam, I, I don't like the look of this. Mm. There isn't a light shown in the whole quarter. Not even in shack or shanty. Might have been a knife in, Sheriff. Oh, a knife in might, might make one place go dark, but not all of them. Cantina's off left, off the next street. Yeah. Nobody on the streets. Not even a dog in the prowl. If old Lucifer is behind this, he sure sent everybody running for cover. Now, how can an old man like... Sheriff, look. Huh? Cantina ain't open either. Guess Pedro got old Lucifer to leave without waiting for our help. Yeah. Then closed up tighter than a drum. Why? I can't figure it. What are we going to do now? We're going to find out what's wrong over here. Keep your eyes peeled. I'm going to comb these streets until we find a light or somebody stirring. Better reach over and back and get that shotgun. Right. Never saw nothing like this before, Sheriff. Neither have I. There's... Throw the spotlight on, Sheriff. That doorway over there. Oh, it's old Lucifer. Yeah. Stand right where you are, Lucifer. Don't move. Look. Look at him, Sheriff. Something all over his shirt and his pants and his hands. Yeah, no need to look at him twice. It's blood. What happened to you, Lucifer? What's the matter over here? It's my doing, Mr. Sheriff. All my doing. Ain't nobody to blame but me. You got blood all over you. And it doesn't look like it's your own. Who are you fighting with? Somebody in Pedro's place tried to jump you? No, sir. I ain't had no trouble with nobody here. Had my trouble out to the farm where I work. Out of the farm? Yes, sir. I just walked into town a little while ago, trying to get up my nerve to turn myself in. Sheriff, I... I killed Mr. Redford. I shot him dead. What? You killed your boss, Mike Redford? Yes, sir. I done it, just me. We got to arguing and I shot him dead. No wonder there ain't a light on over here. You can tell us the rest of it at the jail, Lucifer. 
Right now, you better get in my car fast before this news crosses the tracks. Yes, sir. We're in for trouble, Sheriff. Mike Redford's been mighty popular around here. Get in back, Lucifer. Get down on the floor and stay there. Yes, sir. I'm going to drop you off on Main Street, Sam. Round up the constable and a couple of other deputies. Get him to jail as fast as you can. We may be able to keep this quiet until tomorrow. If we can, it'll give me a chance to get a few Texas Rangers in to give us a hand. The news of Mike Redford's murder struck the town on the afternoon of the following day. But by that time, Sheriff Morton had help. He was joined at the Lingwood Jail by Texas Ranger Jace Pearson. Uh, here's Lucifer's confession if you want to see it, Jace. He made a full statement when we brought him in last night. Mm, pretty short statement. Yeah, short and to the point. Says he had it in for Redford for a long time. Made up his mind to settle it last night. Went up the house, started to fight, and shot him. These uh, are the clothes Lucifer was wearing. Blood all over them. Have yeah, the blood analyzed? Yeah. Medical examiner did it when the J.P. ordered an autopsy. It matches Redford's blood type, all right. We ought to have a full autopsy report in an hour or so. Uh, Captain Stinson ought to be here by then. Good. I got my deputies posted around, but uh, extra hands will be a help in case of trouble. The town looks peaceful enough. Mm, news hasn't been out long. We couldn't keep it quiet after the medical examiner had the body brought in the funeral home, though. Where are you keeping Lucifer? Oh, that's him in the bunk in the cell, back at the end of the block there. No other prisoners? I had them all moved up into the tank upstairs. Good idea. A statement says Lucifer worked on the Redford farm all his life. Yeah. Yeah, started there when Mike's grandfather owned the place and just stayed on. Old Lucifer must have gone crazy or something, Jace. He's had a good home out there. Then he turns and bites the hand that feeds him. That's happened before. I know, but... Uh... Uh, Lucifer never gave you any trouble before this, you said. No, no, nothing. Well, unless you want to count a little row he got in the last summer. Didn't amount to much. What was it? Oh, Lucifer hit somebody with a shovel. Some wandering farmhand that worked out at Redford's for a few days. Him and Lucifer were cleaning out a pig pen, it seems. And this migratory started cussing Mike Redford. Lucifer told him to shut up. The guy wouldn't. So Lucifer clipped him with a shovel. That's the way the story come out when they brought Lucifer up before the judge. Judge fined him $25 and... Redford paid the fine for him and took the old man home. Sounds like Redford and old Lucifer were pretty close. Oh, Redford always treated him square. What you just told me doesn't fit in with this statement you got from Lucifer last night. What do you mean? Last summer, he hit a migratory for cussing Redford. Yeah. Look here. On page two of this statement, Lucifer says, I had a grudge in for Mr. Redford ever since his pappy died, and he come to be my boss eight years ago. I didn't like him, and I made up my mind I'd kill him. Doesn't fit, does it? If this statement were true, Lucifer wouldn't have been up before a judge for defending Redford last summer. Howdy, Jase. Took your horse out of the trailer and wanted him. Thanks, Sam. Sheriff Lucifer's grandson, Chad's out in the hall. Wants to know if he can see the old man. Uh, just for a minute, please, Mr. Sheriff. Well, I guess it won't hurt none. Come on. Thank you. Got a visitor for you, Lucifer. Grandson, Chad. No. Please, don't let him in. I don't want to see him. Don't want to see nobody. Grandpa, we got to get you a lawyer or something. I don't want nothing. You go home. Don't talk to me. You just have home and stay there. Make him go, Sheriff. Make him go. You know you ought to go. That old man may be right. I don't want to see you no how. Don't ever come here again. But, but Grandpa, you got to... Never mind, Chad. Never mind. You get out like you said and go home. Come on. Sam, you'd better drive him out of town. Let him cut across the fields and through the hills to his place, but see that he stays off the highway when you leave him. Okay, Sheriff. Go ahead, Chad. Yes, sir. 
Where does he live? Chad. Up in the hills, about four miles behind Redford. I'd like to take a ride out to Redford's place. If there is going to be any trouble here, it won't come before dark. Besides, I'd like to talk to Chad. I'm going to catch Sam and ride with him. Yeah, I'll uh, see if I can stop him from the window. Sam! Yes, Sheriff? Wait a minute. Ranger's going to ride out with you. Okay. He's waiting, Jace. There's a deputy guard in the place out there, making sure nothing's touched until we get photographed. Good. Thanks. Mr. Ranger, what are you going out there for? I told the sheriff everything, sir. No need for you to be going out there. Maybe there's no need for you being behind those bars either, Lucifer. I'd like to make sure. noticed a few peculiar marks on Chad's face in the sheriff's office, and in the car I got a chance to see him close up. They looked like scratch marks, and the edge of a dirty bandage showed beneath the frayed cuff of his shirt. You took a full chance walking into town, Chad. People are mighty hot about Redford getting killed. My grandpa wouldn't never kill him. One who'd know that best is your grandpa. He says he did kill him. Came in with Redford's blood over him. Yeah. An awful lot of Redford's blood, judging by the clothes the sheriff is holding. Where were you last night, Chad? I was home, back in the hills. Anybody with you who can verify that? I said, was anybody with you? Uh, no, I was alone. What do you mean, alone? Ain't your wife there? Wasn't she with you? Well, I wasn't at the shack. I was just around it. Doing what? Just walking around, that's all. Is that how your face got scratched up, walking around in the dark? One of your eyes looks kind of puffy, too, like you got hit. I got that... Chopping wood. A piece of kindling flew up and hit me. A piece of kindling hit you on the wrist, too? Pull that sleeve of your shirt up. I gotta cut that, that's all. Just a cut. How'd you get it? Come on, Chad. Your place is only a mile up behind Redford's. Were you on the Redford place at all yesterday? Sure. But not last night. Only in the afternoon. What were you doing there? I just went by to see my grandpa, that's all. About what? To get to lend us some money. He give it to you? No. Why not, Chad? You've been mooching on the old man for years. He never turns you down for anything. Why didn't he give you the money? Because Mr. Redford, he saw us talking and he come out the house. He told Grandpa not to give me it. He said I was no counter. I'd be earning my own and not buying from my old man. Mr. Redford, he ain't never liked me. He told me to get off the place. And I didn't want no trouble, so, so I got and you just walked around in the hills near your house without going inside where your wife could see you, huh? I don't like the smell of that story, Chad. Maybe you never left Redford's place. I did, I tell you. Honest, Mr. Sam, Mr. Ranger, my wife can tell you that. I did go home last night for a minute. I left the house because me and my wife had a fight. Hmm, nothing new about that. She got mad when I didn't bring no money back. We went round and round, and she throwed something at me, and I hit her, and she scratched me up and cut my arm with a bread knife. That's when I run out. You didn't go back to Redford's after that? No, sir. I swear, I never did go back. Uh, here's the best place for you to get out, Chad. Got anything else you want to ask him, Jace? No. All right, Chad. You can go. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm just wondering if the old man couldn't be covering up for him. You think he was lying about that fight with his wife? Could be. Oh, his women does have a temper. They had it out hot and heavy before. How does he make a living back in the hills? Well, he don't. They live in an abandoned shack up there. He couldn't pay rent no place, and he ain't worth his salt. When he first got married, he tried to move his woman and himself into Lucifer's place, but Redford wouldn't have it, no how. If anybody was toting a grudge against Redford, I'd bet on Chad, not old Lucifer. It's a cinch somebody was toting one, or Redford wouldn't be dead. 
actions hadn't fit into the usual crime pattern. And when we got to the Redford house, the pattern became even more jumbled. Except for the body having been moved, everything was left as the sheriff had found it. The body was laying right here, Jace. You can see the stain on the rug. Yeah. Furniture knocked around. Must have been quite a fight. A broken bottle over here. Yeah, Sheriff figured that's what finally knocked Redford out. Then he got shot while he was out cold. What made the sheriff so sure of that? Well, the body. Bullet fired right into the head from close up. Burns on the face. And no blood around except that, that one spot on the floor. And those handprints Lucifer left on the furniture and the wallpaper. Those handprints are what bother me most. Why? If Lucifer shot Redford, why didn't he just back off and get out of here? How'd he get blood all over him? And why'd he smear it all over everything like a kid with a ten-cent tube of red paint? Yeah, I see what you mean. does seem like it was kind of deliberate. You think an old man like Lucifer could have wrecked half this room fighting a younger man like Redford? Ranger, I guess the sheriff and me didn't think of a lot of things now that you're pointing them out. It's not your fault. You thought you had a clear case and a confession. That makes it easy to overlook things. Young fellow like Chad might have put up quite a fight with Redford. What about the gun Redford was killed with? Well, we haven't got it. Lucifer said he threw it in some bushes on the way into town. Couldn't tell us where. Weapon might have been a thirty-two or thirty-eight. Autopsy will tell us when we get to Slug. All right. Let's get back to town. If the old man is covering up for his grandson, how are we going to break him down if he keeps on... Wait a minute, Sam. Hmm? Look at this. On the cupboard. What? Two whiskey glasses. Yeah. And both of them full. Ring on the wood here shows where the bottle was standing. Looks like Redford poured two drinks, one for himself and one for somebody else. But they didn't get to drink them. Fight probably started before they got a chance to bend elbows. We know the bottle is used to knock Redford out. Hey, that kicks a hole in what we've been thinking. A big hole. Who was Redford drinking with? It's a cinch it wasn't Chad. Redford ordered him off the place. An old man's confession must be on the level. No, it isn't, Sam, because it's not likely Redford would have been having Lucifer in for a drink either. There was somebody else here. Somebody who either killed Redford or saw who did. listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with tonight's case, Pressure, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. Sam and I headed back for town. The streets were crowded but quiet the way they should be on a Sunday afternoon. But there was a tension we could feel. We made one stop at the funeral parlor for a look at Redford's body. Medical examiner was just finishing. Now you can see, like I said, the bullet was fired from close up. Yeah. What'd you find, Doc? Well, he'd been struck on the head with blunt object and shot through the brain at close range. I have the bullet here. You want that, of course? Please. There you are. Thanks. Thirty-two twenty caliber. I'd give a lot to get my hands on the gun this came out of. Lucifer said he ditched the gun. Yeah, Lucifer said a lot of things. And slugs flattened out plenty. Usually so. I notice, eh? There's something else to notice, too. On the body, the burned area around the wound. Well, what, what about it? Ought to be some powder grains buried in the flesh. But there aren't. None that I can see. None that I can see either. How about that, Doc? 
No. No, it is an unusual wound. When Lucifer told you he threw the gun away, did he mention what kind of a gun, Sam? Mm. No, why? Because this may give us a chance to trip him up. This bullet didn't come from a small weapon. It came from a thirty-two twenty caliber rifle. How can you tell that without a ballistic check? For one thing, the way the slug's flattened out. Rifle has a couple of hundred pounds greater impact than a sidearm. Yeah, and plowing through a skull would flatten it plenty. Yeah, but there's another thing about a close-range rifle shot. It leaves a burn, but no powder grains in the skin. A revolver will leave powder grains every time. That makes sense, Doc? Yes, it does. With a revolver, the explosion of the powder on the shell is only a couple inches away from a point-blank target. But with a rifle, well... Yes, lent the barrel, you know. Here. Here's my report if you're headed for the sheriff's office. We'll drop it off for you. So long. So long, Doc. Goodbye. I'm learning a lot as we go along here, James. There's still something we both got to learn. Who killed Mike Redford? There were a couple of ranger cars outside the jail when we got there. Men from my company were standing casually at points along the street they weren't as casual as they looked. Jail was carefully circled and they commanded all approaches. Captain Stinson was inside with the sheriff. Grace, the sheriff tells me you're not satisfied with Lucifer's confession. That's right, Captain. How about bringing Lucifer out here for a minute, Sheriff? Sure thing. Things are going to start blowing around here after sundown, Jason. I know it. I felt it all the way through town. All it needs is some hothead to start it off. Well, if it starts, we'll stop it. Well, maybe there won't be no trouble. Uh, town's pretty crowded, Sam. A lot of cars coming in. Come out here, Lucifer. Well, yeah, town's always crowded on Sunday. They're not ganging up anyplace. Well, that can come later. But there's one sign of trouble you can't ignore. Take a look out that window. There's not a woman in sight all the way down Main Street. The men are coming in alone. Here he is, Jase. Thanks, Sheriff. Lucifer? You said you killed Redford and then threw the gun away. That's the honest truth, Mr. Ranger. Where'd you throw it? I don't remember, sir. Was it a gun like this one in my holster? Well, was it? Maybe. Guns look all the same to me. Oh, was it about the size of this one? All guns are about that size, sir. Not all guns, Lucifer. You're not telling me the truth. Because Redford wasn't killed with this kind of a gun. He was killed with a rifle. You're covering up for Chad. No, sir, no, sir. Chad had nothing to do with it. It was me, just me. Listen to me, Lucifer. You think Chad killed Redford, but I don't. If you want to help him, open up and tell the truth. Oh, Chad couldn't have done it. He left the place when Mr. Redford ran him off. Honest, I see him leave. Then what happened? I went to my house, and after it got dark, there was a shot, a gunshot. It came from Mr. Redford's house. I left my place, run over to see if anything was wrong, and... and... <laughs> Redford was dead when you found him. Then how did he get blood all over him, Jase? He'll tell you, Sheriff. Go on, Lucifer. I lift him a little to hold his head in my lap. I beg him to talk to me, to say something to old Lucifer. I've known him since he was a little boy. Watched him grow. <laughs> but when you found him there, you thought Chad had sneaked back to kill him, huh? I didn't know what to think. Why should you cover up for no good like Chad? He's my own flesh, Sheriff. Blood is thicker than water. How do you know Chad isn't the killer, Jace? Two full whiskey glasses indicated that Redford was drinking with the man who killed him. And he wouldn't be drinking with the Chad, Sheriff. It ain't the... Come in. Howdy, Sheriff. Yeah. Sam, Rangers. Howdy, Flam. What's on your mind, Flam? Well, some of the men have been talking around town, Sheriff. They sort of appointed me to come up and see you. 
Well, he just been to the funeral home to see Mike Redford. What's left of him. Mike was my neighbor and pretty good friend, too. Well, did you come to tell me, Flam? No, not exactly. Looks like you're expecting some trouble, and some of us thought we'd like to volunteer to help you. We could take over the guard trick on jail for tonight so you and the rangers can get some rest. You can go back and tell the boys we're not tired, Flam. And while you're at it, tell them Lucifer didn't kill Redford. Words around that Lucifer confessed, Ranger. It was a mistake, Mr. Flam. What I said wasn't true. Well, fine. Then you don't have to stay here, Lucifer. Why don't you go home, back to Redford's farm? He's staying here. Why, if he got nothing to hold him on? Protective custody. And that means just what it says, Flam. He'll be protected. You can go now. All right, Sheriff. Uh, just a minute, Mr. Flam. Yeah, Captain? If you should see any men around who look like they're fixing to start some trouble, do us a favor. And do them a favor, too. Tell them to go home. Sure, Captain. I'll tell them. Sam, lock Lucifer up again, will you? Sure. Come on, Lucifer. Yes, sir. Flam looks like he may be the man who sparked that crowd. Yeah. Flam and Redford were mighty close. Sheriff, we've got to move Lucifer out of the county for safekeeping. If Flam gets a mob stirred up at night, anything can happen, and a few people are liable to get killed. He's safer in here than he'd be if we took him outside. Not if they fire this building. We'll move him right after sundown. How? Where? Seems to me the best place would be some small-town lockup across the county line where nobody'd know him and nobody'd think of looking for him. That's what I had in mind. Sam? Yeah, Captain? Get Jace's horse, Charcoal, out of his trailer. Pick up two more horses and take them all to the field south of town. Hobble them and stash the saddles away under cover so you'll know where they are later. Okay. After you leave them, on the way back, you can drop the word that we're moving Lucifer out of here tonight. You mean you want the whole town to know it? They won't know as much as they'll think they know, Sheriff. After dark, you and I can make a run in my car. They'll figure we're moving Lucifer, and they'll all make a run to block us. Meanwhile, Jace and Sam can slip him out the back and make for the horses in the field. After that, Jace, it's up to you. It's 11 miles cross-country to Hills Crossing. There's a lock up there. See that nobody stops you from getting him to it. We waited until dark without turning on a light in the building. Then Captain Stinson, the sheriff, took one of the deputies covered with a blanket and made a run for the captain's car, while Sam and I took Lucifer out the back. We ran across the field where the horses had been left and began to saddle them. Listen... Sounds like the sheriff and your captain have hit trouble, Jace. Probably somebody tried to block the road and kept scaring them off. Hurry with that last Yeah, thing. ready to go, Jace. After I take this one hobble off. Good. Come on, Lucifer. I'll give you a boost. Yes, sir. Here's charcoal, Jace. Ready Thanks. to run. Thanks. Steady, boy. You set, Sam? As soon as I get mounted, no more shooting. No. Captain discourages them quick. Yeah, but by now that crowd may know they ain't got Lucifer in the car. Too late to do him any good. This is going to be a rough ride for you, Lucifer. Let us know if you want to slow up or stop. I'll be all right, sir. Good. Let's ride. Up, Charcoal. Get up, boy. Come on. Just hang on the horn, Lucifer. Yes, yeah, sir. Come on, boy. Up. When we got to Hill's Crossing, the town was dark and sleeping, except for a couple of rangers who'd been sent down to take over guarding Lucifer. Once he was safe under lock and key, Sam and I started the ride back to Lingua. Hey, you're cutting the wrong way, Jace. We should turn down that valley to Lingua. I know it. We're not heading back for town yet. I want to make one more stop. Where? 
Back to Redford Farm again? It's not much out of the way. Getting Lucifer safe was only part of the job. we still got to find out who killed Redford. That means we've got to find out who was drinking with him. If there was anybody. Lucifer said Redford didn't have any visitors yesterday. He said he didn't see any visitor. That doesn't prove anything. He'd have been sure to see a car if one had driven in. His shack's near the farm road. He, even if he'd been inside, he'd have heard it. Maybe the visitor didn't use the road. Might have come in on foot or mounted from another side of the farmhouse. I guess that could be all right. Probably put his horse in the barn or the back corral. That'd keep Lucifer from knowing anybody was in the house. There's the old wagon road the other side of that grove of trees we're coming to. We'll have easier riding once we get over there. Hold it, Sam. Huh? Ooh, whoa, Charky. Oh, boy. Hey, what's the... Shh. Listen. Hounds. And they're on trail. Look, over there in the hills. Hey, something's on fire. Jace, that's right up behind Redford's place. Isn't that where Lucifer's grandson, Chad, lives? Yeah. What do you suppose going on up there? Somebody wants blood. They didn't get it from Lucifer, so they're running down his family. Come on. Up, Charlie. Up, yeah. boy. That shack is really flaming, Jace. They trapped him in there. He's had it. They haven't got him yet. Those dogs are still after something. Keep going. We raked our horses all the way. We'd been about a mile off when the blaze started. When we reached the shack, it was a flaming heap on the ground. We saw a woman staring at it in a daze. She must have been Chad's wife. She wasn't harmed, so we took off after the sound of the dogs. Listen to that, Chase. They got Chad treated. They wouldn't sound off like that. Yeah, they just threw this thicket. All right. Just throw a lead on that tree and rake it till he falls. No, no, Mr. Swam. I ain't got no... Hold it, Pam. You and whoever's with you. Oh, boy. Who? Mr. Razor, he's trying to kill me. Nobody's going to kill you, Chad. You men, grab your hounds and shut them up. You're all under arrest, and that includes you, Flam. What for? We were just doing a little night hunting. The dogs treat Chad here by mistake. The dogs didn't set fire to his shack, and arson's a crime. Look, Ranger, he killed my neighbor. Why'd you switch to him? Because you couldn't get your hands on old Lucifer? They were in it together. Redford ordered Chad off a place yesterday. Did you tell him that, Chad? No, sir. I didn't tell nobody but you. And you didn't get it from Lucifer, Flam, because you never got near him. So how do you know? Who told you Redford chewed him out? Nobody had to tell me. I was visiting Radford at the house. He saw Chad on a place and went out and ordered him off. But after I left, him or the old man sneaked in and killed Mike. Throw that rifle over here, Flam. Why? Never mind why. Just throw it over. And be careful how you throw it. We're willing to leave here peaceful. Just a hunting weapon. A thirty-two twenty hunting weapon. Just like the one that killed Mike Redford. For the last time, Flam, throw it over. Come and get it. Hands off those guns, the rest of you. That's better. Now gather in and pick up your pal, Flam. You followed him out here, you can tote him back. You hit me. I'm hurt bad. Yeah, you just winged. It's a better break than you gave Redford when you killed him. It was self-defense. I killed him in self-defense. Sure. While he was knocked out after you hit him with that whiskey bottle. Should have finished your drink, Flam. You'll never see another glass of whiskey as expensive as that one. Jack Flam confessed to the murder of Mike Radford. His statement disclosed that the killing had been the result of an argument over ownership of a strip of land between his farm and Radford's. Flam was sentenced to life imprisonment. Four other men convicted of armed participation in the attempted lynching of old Lucifer and his grandson, Chad, 
were given prescribed terms in the county jail. And now, here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. There are thousands of people living today who have survived only because of the Red Cross. These people will never have to be reminded of its great service to humanity. But this year, the Red Cross drive has fallen short of its needed goal. So give to the Red Cross, won't you? And invest in humanity. Good night, folks. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of... The Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Frenchie. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Will Wright, Herb Bygren, Ernie Whitman, Roy Glenn, Bill Conrad, and Byron Kane. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keith. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Coming up next on NBC, it's the $64 question. Accordion-playing quizmaster Phil Baker gathers another group of contestants around the microphone to play your favorite quiz game. And there are prizes for the lucky participants and excitement and laughs for you at home. Join Phil Baker now as he asks America's favorite question, the $64 question on NBC. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. Now, from the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Bad Blood. It is 7 p.m. September 14, 1950. In an isolated house trailer in the fields on the outskirts of Cheney, Texas... Joe Prager, an aircraft worker, is packing a suitcase. There is a knock on the trailer door. Just a second. Howdy, Joe. Oh, howdy, Russ. Ain't you gonna ask me in? Yeah, sure. Come on in. See you packing already. That's right. What's on your mind, Russ? Well, Joe, I figured 
Two weeks is long enough for old friends to be mad at each other. I come to ask you to shake hands. <laughs> you know, now that you're here, I can't figure just what we've been mad about. Ain't anybody I'd rather shake hands with than you, Russ. You're my boy. But we ain't never gonna talk politics again. Oh, that's a deal. <laughs> I didn't want you to leave feeling sore at me. Why are you going, anyhow? Why are you pulling out your job, Solid? You're needed here. Well, I didn't want anybody to know about it yet, but looks like I'm needed someplace else, too. Huh? Here, read this. Well, going back in the Army, huh? I didn't know you stayed on a reserve list. I'm on it, all right. You talked to him about this out at the plant after all. You're married now. You got a kid. You're in essential work. Maybe you could get out of it. I thought about it, Russ, but well, I don't want to get out of it. I got kind of a funny feeling about it, a feeling I've had ever since the kid was born. Like, well, maybe if I go again now, maybe I can help so he'll never have to go when he grows up. Yeah, I can't argue against that. Not with two boys of my own, one of them pushing 17. Ellen and me are plenty worried about him with this Korea thing. Oh, don't let it get you down, Russ. Boy, I'll be all right. <laughs> Say, uh, I was just about to fix me some grub. How about joining me? Oh, thanks, but Ella's expecting me home. Uh, say, where's Marge and the baby, anyhow? Oh, she drove the kid up to her mother's today. I got a week more before I report, and yeah. well, we sort of figured we'd go away someplace together, just the two of us, you know, till I have to leave. Yeah, well, when are you pulling out of here? Tomorrow, when Marge comes back. Ella would like to see you and Marge before you go. She's been beefing at me ever since you and me fell out. Yeah, Marge's been bulldogging me about it, Well, too. can't you come and have supper with us tomorrow before you go? How about that? Well, that's a deal. Swell. Ella be tickled. Well, guess I better be getting home with the old pay envelope. You need any help with anything? I mean, we got a few dollars. We'll no, buy. no, thanks, Russ. We'll get by. Well, good luck to you, fella. We'll see you tomorrow. Hmm? Sure thing, Russ. Say, if they had a draft, somebody, why couldn't they take that brother-in-law of yours? <laughs> Orville? That'd be giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> I know Orville ain't giving any aid and comfort to his department out the plant. We wasn't short-handed. He wouldn't last ten minutes. Well, good night, Joe. Good night, Russ. Just a second. You forget something? Oh, it's you, Orville. Yeah, it's me. Russ was just here. I thought it was him coming back. I know he was here. Been waiting out back long enough, waiting for him to leave. You could have come in. Russ don't bite. He doesn't like me. Reckon that's your fault, Orville. Oh, sure. Everything's my fault. How come you sticking up for him? Thought you and him wasn't talking. We are now, and I don't think it's any of your business. What do you want, Orville? Joe, I... Need some help. I got my check cashed, and I guess I didn't notice it till I was almost home. I got a hole in my pocket. I lost my pay. Do I look like a half-wit to you? Well, I only want... The last time you came to me with that story, you said your pocket was picked. And the time before that, you said you got stuck with a loan you signed for somebody. That's right, Joe. Honest. Stop using the word honest, Orville. It doesn't sound right coming from you. If your money's gone, you lost it in the pay night crap game at Holland. I haven't been near Holland's in weeks. Oh, Joe, you got to help me. My wife will buck like a maverick under a Brandon iron if I don't bring some money home. You and Sis got some side money. I know we have. I ain't denying that, but this is one time you ain't dipping your hand into it. Yeah, take a look at this paper. Go ahead, read it. <laughs> Drafted, huh? Going to play soldier again and leave my sister with a kid to take care of. She and the kid will be taken care of, Orvie. I'll see to that. You never had to give us anything and you never will. Joe, I need money. 
And I ain't leaving here without it. There's nothing here for you, Orville. Better try someplace else. I said I wasn't leaving without that money. Well, reckon you'll be here a long time then, Orville. You have to excuse me. I'm going to fix my supper. I ain't going to ask you again, Joe. Glad to hear. Just going to keep ignoring me, huh? Like I wasn't even here. That's right. Maybe I can make you pay a little attention with this. Orville, put that down. No, I'm going to help you dish out your supper like this. Joe Prager was discovered when his wife returned to their trailer home early the following day. Sheriff Vern Lamont immediately called for the help of a Texas ranger. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned. He joined the sheriff at the scene of the crime shortly after noon. I've kept the whole field blocked off, Jace. Nobody's been near the place except Prager's wife and me and the deputies. Good. Where's the wife? Sitting over there in her car. Tried to get her to go into town to the hotel, but she won't. She's in... In kind of a daze. Shock. That's natural. You want to talk to her? Yeah, it wouldn't help when she's like that. Maybe by the time we've had a look around, she'll break down and cry it out, and then we may be able to get something. Let's have a look inside the trailer. Right. There's a body. And there's a murder weapon. Wrought iron frying pan. We'll be able to pull any prints off that. Metal's too coarse. That's why I just let it lay there. Medical examiner estimate the time of death. He figured it was between 6 and 8 o'clock last night. Hmm. Suitcase on the bed, half-packed. Prager trying to run away from something? No, I don't think so. Letter on the table here explains it. It was in the Army Reserve. Called back to duty. I see. Where was he working here? Out to the aircraft plant, other side of town. Spot welder. How come his wife didn't report this until this morning? Well, she was away for the night. They got a baby? Baby oil and nipple jar on the dresser there. Yeah, that's why the wife was away. She took the kid to her mother's up in Abilene. Come back this morning. You check on that? First thing. Got a list of eating places. She stopped at both ways, and she gassed up at a mobile station in Abilene last night after she got there. Well, spots her away from here, all right. Let's check around outside. All right. Will it be okay for the medical examiner to move the body now? Yeah, I think so. How come they parked their trailer out here instead of using one of the parks near town? Save money, I guess. Rents are high with the plant working full blast. Mm, gasoline lamp in the trailer for light, but what'd they do for water? Well, there's a well out back. Used to be a house here some time ago, but it was moved. They had everything they needed to get by. I see. Want to walk out to the road where our cars are? I can send one of the boys into the funeral home to arrange a pickup. All right. Wait a minute, Sheriff. Hmm? Watch your feet. What's the matter? These car tracks up the road to the trailer. Prager's own car, I reckon. Same tracks all over the road from coming and going. A uh, different tire pattern and a couple of the soft spots, though. Look here. Yeah. Overlaps most of the older tracks, but Prager's car tracks go over the strange tread once. Right here. Yeah, I see what you mean. Another car must have driven in here after Ms. Prager left yesterday. And that spot is where she drove over the tracks when she came back this morning. It's the way I measure it. If we can pull a cast off that tread, may help us run down the car. Hey, one of your deputies coming up the road now. Well, that isn't one of my boys. Uh, why'd they let him in? I don't know. Hey, you! Yeah? How'd you get in here? 
I come to help my sister. Who is your sister? Marge, Prager's wife. He was my brother-in-law. That's why the deputies let me through. All right. Your sister's sitting in the car back there. Reckon she does need somebody with her at that. Thanks. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, Ranger? Walk along the edge of the road. Stay out of the tire tracks. Why? Because we're asking you to. Isn't that good enough? Well, I only ask you for a reason, that's all. What's your name? Orville James. You work with your brother-in-law? Well, yeah, sure. Out at the plant. Not in the same department, though. How'd you know your brother-in-law had been killed? I didn't know. Until I saw your deputies down by the road, and they told me. Isn't the aircraft plant working today? Yeah, sure it is. It's on the other side of town. What brought you out here now? I got a lift out during lunch to see my sister. That'd just about take your whole lunch hour. And more if you didn't catch a ride back right away. You make a habit of hitchhiking out here on your lunch hour? No, of course I don't. And why'd you do it today? What are you asking me all this for? You trying to pin something on me? Reckon that's going to depend on how you answer. Come on, talk up. Well, I... I just... Well, I wanted to ask her about my mother. I knew that she'd been up home, see, and I wanted to find out how my mother was. I see. Your mother been sick? Yeah. No, no, she, she's been all right, I reckon. And why the rush to get out here this afternoon? Why not tonight, after work? Because I wanted to come, that's all. Anything else you want to know? Yes. When did you see your brother-in-law last? I don't know. Three, maybe four days ago. Not yesterday? No. Not even at work? It's a big plant, Ranger. Joe and me didn't even work in the same building. What time did you quit yesterday? Five o'clock. Then you weren't working between, say, six and eight o'clock last night? No. Then where were you at that time? And who was with you? Well, I... I cashed my check at Holland's and... And then... And then what? Did you come out here? Yeah. What? I said yes, yes, I come out here. I'd have told you before if you hadn't started to question me so funny. Why'd you say you hadn't seen Prager in three or four days if you saw him last night? I didn't see him last night. Listen, you just told us I you came told out you I'd with... come out here, but I didn't see Joe. I changed my mind about going in because there was a car parked here. Joe had company. Well, that fits in, Jace. Those car tracks. Yeah, but it still doesn't tell us why Orville didn't go in. I'll tell you why, if you let me. I recognized the car. It belongs to Russ Newcomb. And I didn't want to go in while he was there because I didn't want to get mixed up in any argument. Who's Russ Newcomb? And why should there be an argument? Russ works out at the plant, too. Him and Joe had been friends, but they fell out a couple of weeks ago, hadn't been talking. Then why would Newcomb be visiting here? Why don't you ask Newcomb that? It took a long time for you to suggest that, Orville, considering that Prager's dead and you knew that there'd been bad blood between him and the man you say was here last night. I don't like to throw suspicion on a man for murder, Ranger. But you're mighty quick suspecting me. A man ain't likely to kill his brother-in-law. Newcomb had the reason, not me. Now, you're going to let me go to my sister, ain't you? Jace. All right, Orville. Go ahead. Yeah. Looks like this thing is cracking easy, Jason. It sure does. You better get out to the aircraft plant. Yeah. We got enough to pick up Newcomb, all right? We got more than that. That tire track on the road matches Newcomb's car. We got enough on Newcomb to send him to Huntsville. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with tonight's case, Bad Blood. An authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. 
drove out to the aircraft plant. News of Prager's death hadn't reached the place yet. We were directed to Russ Newcomb's section leader, and he pointed Newcomb out to us. He was on a welding job. Hey! Hey, you up there! Newcomb! Yeah! Knock off a minute and come down from that wing, will you? Be right there! Go into the office where we can talk. Sure, I'd be glad to. Yeah, Sheriff, what's up? You find a woman who owned that purse? Purse? What purse? What are you talking about? The purse I turned into your office about two months ago. Money in it, don't you remember? Oh, that was on a Sunday. Guess I look different in a work outfit. Oh, oh, yeah. What's this about, Sheriff? I thought he looked familiar. Turned in a woman's purse he found in the streets a couple of months back. No identification in it, and the owners never claimed it. Oh? The way you're talking, Sheriff, I reckon it isn't a purse you want to see me about. No, it isn't. You know Joe Prager? Know him? What? Joe's one of my best friends. When did you see him last? Only last night, out to his place. Why? What's the matter? Joe in some kind of trouble? You say he was a good friend. Other people say you weren't on speaking terms for the last couple of weeks. We weren't until last night. We, well, we got in a dumb political argument one day during lunch here. Both got hotter than we should have. But you patched it up last night. Yeah, when word got around that Joe was quitting, going away, well, I went out and buried the hatchet. You sure you mean a hatchet, not a frying pan? Look, you fellas asking me something, but you ain't telling me nothing. You talked politics again with Prager last night? No, no, we just shook hands, and I asked him to bring his wife over for supper tonight, and then I left, that's all. Prager still alive when you left? Well, what do you mean he was still alive? You telling me Joe Prager's dead? He was beaten to death last night with an iron frying pan. Beaten to death? Joe? You see anybody else at the trailer? No, no, no. We were alone, just the two of us. Newcomb? The law requires me to warn you that anything you say from here on can be used against you. Used against me for what? You're talking like I'm under arrest. You are under arrest for the murder of Joe Prager. We took Newcomb back to Cheney and locked him up. Meanwhile, Prager's body had been brought into the funeral home. I went over to see Mrs. Prager to see if she could give further verification of a quarrel between her husband and the man under arrest. Yeah. Joe told me that had some kind of an argument. But I didn't think it'd ever be as bad as this. I didn't think Russ would kill him. Why don't you leave her alone, Ranger? I'd already told you there was bad blood. Now maybe you'll believe me. Other witnesses aren't going to hurt anything, Orville. I'm all right, Orville. He's got to find out everything he wants to know. What else do they need to know? If you ask me, they got enough of a case right now. If we ask you. But so far, nobody has. And until somebody does, how about keeping quiet? All right. You're the law. Go ahead and make them miserable. I'm going over to Holland, sis. I'll be there if you want me. I'm sorry to keep after you like this, Mrs. Prager. Did your husband ever have any trouble with anybody besides Newcomb? No. Was he in fear of anybody, worried about anything? No. He was worried at first when the army letter came. But when we decided it was right for him to go, he didn't worry anymore. Just figured out things so me and the baby could get along. We we even had a little money saved. We were going away together for a week. Just Joe and me. 
to the place we went on our honeymoon. We were going to have so much fun. Now I'll have to use that money to bury him. I'm sorry, ma'am. Why did Russ do a thing like this to Joe? Why? Why? I don't know, ma'am. I've never been able to figure out why men do a lot of things they do to each other. I went back to the sheriff's office. It looked like the case against Newcomb was just about closed, but it opened again. Opened wide when the sheriff showed me the personal effects that had been removed from Prager's body. Look at this, Jace. Bank book, isn't it? Yep. Prager's. It was in his shirt pocket. Take a look at that last line. Drew out every dime he had yesterday afternoon. Mrs. Prager told me they had some savings. They were going to use it to go away. Reckon that's why he drew it out. Yesterday was payday at the plant, too, Jace. So Prager should have had this amount he withdrew. $312 plus his pay. Wasn't there any money on him? Less than a dollar in change. I had my deputies go out and comb that trailer. Cupboards, dishes. They didn't find a dime. Newcomb turn any money over to the jailer when you booked him? About $5, that's all. But he had time to hide that money. All we got to do is find out where he hid it. If he did hide it. What do you mean? That purse Newcomb found a couple of months ago, the one he turned into you. He mentioned that there was some money in it. That's right. A little over $100. What are you thinking? I'm thinking about motives. We've been figuring Newcomb killed Prager because he was nursing a grudge. Robbery angle changes that picture. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. Fellow who finds money and turns it in when he could keep it isn't likely to kill somebody and steal from him. Unless, of course, he was trying to cover up. He said he'd invited the Pragers to supper tonight, and they were going to come. That's right. you check on Orville's movements last night, see if he was telling the truth? Had my deputy do it. Only place to check was Holland's, and he was there all right after work. Cashed his check there, like he said, then got in a crap game with some of the boys in the washroom. He couldn't have played very long, or he wouldn't have gotten to Pragers by 7 o'clock when Newcomb was there. I don't get what you're driving at. Orville must have lost in that crap game game like that between fellows who work together, the winners usually stick to the end. Yeah. They get sore at a winner who quits until they've had a chance to get even. Your deputies find any sign of bloody clothing when they check Newcomb's place? Nope. But they're checking the cleaning shops now. You know where Newcomb lives? Sure. You want to go over there? Just into the neighborhood. I want to talk to Newcomb's butcher. Come on. Newcomb's butcher? What can he tell you? What Mrs. Newcomb ordered for tonight's dinner? I saw the butcher, and his answer to my question pulled Newcomb back a step away from the electric chair. I got in my car and started to drive toward the field in Prager's trailer. You look like you learned something, Jace. I did. Ms. Newcomb ordered stew meat yesterday for tonight's supper. She called up this morning and changed the order to lamb chops. Twelve lamb chops. That mean anything to you? And changing from stew meat to lamb chops sounds like she was expecting company. When she orders lamb chops for her own family, she usually gets eight. I see. The other four chops could have been for Prager and his wife, then. I think so. And Prager was dead when she ordered them. Well, Newcomb could have told her to order them for a cover-up. Could have. But it's a little too smart. He didn't strike me as being that clever. Yeah, I'm going to go along with that. I think you're right. Well, what do you expect to find at the trailer? I don't know. I want to look around a lot more than we did before. I shouldn't have waited this long. Didn't seem to be any reason for it with the case we had against Newcomb. Well, there's a reason now. We need a new case, and I got a hunch which way it's going to point. 
I don't know, Jace. We've fine-combed that trailer, and there's nothing we didn't see before. And the only strange car track you found on the road was Newcomb. Hey, wait a minute, Sheriff. Somebody was sitting down here by the well. Leaned back against it and had his feet stretched out. You can see where the edges of his heels were resting on the ground. Yeah. Circle out around the back here. Let's do a little trail cutting. You figure the killer took off away from the road? If he was on foot, it'd be his best bet. If he went to the highway and walked, somebody might have seen him. If he had blood on his clothes, he'd steer clear of town until it was late and everybody was sleeping. All right, Jace. Which way do you want me to go? Circle out that way. I'll work from this side. Okay. Hey, Jace. Yeah, Sheriff? Orville was on foot. I know he was. That's why we're looking. We found the trail just as it was getting dark. It led me into open country. I got my horse charcoal from the trailer behind my car while the sheriff went to a nearby farm to borrow a mount. It was dark when he caught up to me. You still on the trail or are you cutting to pick it up? I lost it a couple of times further back, but I'm on it now. You know this country back here? No, oh, I've ridden it before. We'll be coming to the Horner River soon, about a half mile farther. River angles toward town, doesn't it? Sure does. Cuts under that bridge just outside Cheney. That may be the way the killer followed to get back to town. Let's ride for the river bank and see if we can pick up tracks there. May save us time. Good idea. Dig, boy. Ah, come on. Oh, Turkey. We found tracks on the bank, all right. Just a few that led to the edge of the water, and that was all. We cut back and forth on both banks for hours before we picked up a sign. He'd come out of the river on rock, and we barely spotted the place where he'd marked the ground again. That's it, all right, Jace. Same heel impression. He had us fooled for a while, all right. Now let's go. Come on, Charlie. Yeah. Come on, boy. What's that up there ahead? Looks like a shack of some kind. I don't know, Jace. Quite a few shacks in here along the river. A lot of deer around. Some folks keep places for fishing and hunting. Well, his tracks lead right to it. Yeah. Get on, boy. Come, Come on, Charky. Yeah, he stopped here all right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. Flash your light on that door. Yeah. Yeah. Lock's been sprung. It's open. Yeah, he was here all right. Left his marks in the dust on the floor. I guess nobody's been using the place for quite a spell. Yeah. There's something else, too. Footlocker here. Lock on it's busted, too. Hmm. Shirts and jeans in there. I'd like to bet there's one set missing. Orville or whoever it was stopped here to change clothes. He must have known the setup. There's a funny smell in here, Sheriff. Like the place been smoked up not long ago. For something burning. Pot-bellied stove there. Yeah. Anything in it? Plenty. Clothes that didn't quite burn. Smells from kerosene he poured on him. But he came through the river so his pants were wet. Fire must have smoldered out after he left. Better pull those things out and see if we can save enough of them for identification. It's enough, all right. Look at this. Blood stain didn't even wash off when he came through the water. We prove who owns these things, and we've got our man. We'll be able to prove it. Look. Shirt was bundled up with the wet pants. Just enough to save most of the collar and this. Mm-hmm. Laundry mark. Let's get back to town. <laughs> daybreak when we got back to Cheney. We got what we were after on our third laundry stop. A half-burned shirt belonged to Orville James. We went to his home. 
His wife was at the funeral parlor with Mrs. Prager, so he was there alone. What you want from me now? Sheriff's got a few things rolled up in that poncho. I thought maybe you might be able to identify them. Who? Who they belong to? Joe or Newcomb? We want you to tell us. All right, Sheriff, unroll them. Recognize these? What's the matter, Orville? You look kind of sick. Uh, I'm just upset about Joe, that's all. I was at the funeral home with my sister almost all night. Well, you ever seen these things before? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. Whose are they? I could be wrong, I guess, but they look like new ones. That's funny. Well, what's funny about it? Looks like they were burned quite a bit. Yeah, but they were too wet to burn all the way. Guess that... Gives you a real tight case against Newcomb now, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? A perfect case, except for the laundry mark on the shirt. Laundry mark? That's right, Orville, your laundry mark. But there can't be a laundry mark. There can't be a laundry Keep your hands off those things. You heard him, Orville. Let me go. Let me go. I... Oh, my arm. You better hold still. Come on. Let's go. Uh, my wife. My wife always hounding me for money. Always screaming about how hard she worked. Always yelling about how she was ruining her hands scrubbing greasy work shirts. But she wasn't. She was sending them out. Laundry market. A lazy pig. I'll kill her. I'll kill her. You're not going to kill anybody, Orville. Your killing days are over. Open the door, will you, Sheriff? Sure. All right, Orville. In the car. Let's go. Orville James broke down at his trial and confessed the robbery slaying of his brother-in-law. He was found guilty in less than 20 minutes and sentenced to Huntsville for the rest of his natural life. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Frenchie. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Paul Fries, Whitfield Connor, Sam Edwards, Harley Bear, and Barbara Luddy. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcutt, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keats. This is Hal Gibney speaking. <laughs> <laughs> 